It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, you tuned in to another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And with the holidays past, I hope you had a very special holiday season with your friends, your family, your children, and all of those that are most important to you. I know myself took the entire month of December off just to spend that time and make those memories with my wife, my children, and most of all, my youngest, Princess Emma's very first Christmas. So I hope you had time to make those memories and make the magic happen all throughout the month of December. Well, moving on to 2013, January is here, the new year has arrived, and Disney On Demand is back once again. And as we are celebrating the holidays and all the different times that we spend with our family, many of us can remember all the different television families that we've seen growing up throughout our childhood and even now, many of which we could always relate to, whether you're relating to the parents, to the children, to one individual on the show. And with us here this week, we are inviting somebody from a sitcom that many of us know. We've passed down to our children. Yes, we are welcoming Jody Sweden. Yes, none other than Stephanie Tanner from Full House. Now, we all remember the Tanners and Full House and all of their crazy hijinks and fun over the course of their many seasons, including their trips to the Walt Disney World Resort. Well, we're going to invite Jody Sweden here on Disney On Demand, and she's going to be stopping in shortly to talk about being Stephanie, being part of this television legacy, and what she's working on now and many other ventures in her career. In addition, we have the D-Team back. Yes, this show would not be complete, and it wouldn't be what it is without the D-Team. And we have Jamie back with the Artist Corner, as he's going to be delving into many more about the Disney artists, animators, and all the magic that makes the animation happen. We have Lexi back, our D-Team member from Down Under, as she's going to take a trip into Hollywood and give you a little bit of a backstory, biography, and a look into the career of our special guest this week, Jody Sweden. We have Tony back from Disney by the Numbers with the top five things you didn't know about, and let's not forget that trip down memory lane in our very own living room. And we have Jason back with The Vault as he's going to delve deep into a DVD and Blu-ray review for all of you D-heads. We have a variety of different things we're going to talk about, including our all-new Diz Radio app. We have a variety of different topics to hit upon news and many other things. So without holding you up, let's kick into show number 27 as we kick off January 2013 here at Disney On Demand. It feels good to be back, all of you D-heads. The memories have been made, but now it's time to get back in action. So let's head on down memory lane and think about our very own memories of Full House. Be right back, all of you D-heads. Predictability. The milkman, the paper boy, evening TV. Did I get delivered here? Somebody tell me, please. This old world confusing me. Clouds as mean as you've ever seen. In a bird who knows you're true. Then a little voice inside you whispers. Kid, don't sell your dreams so soon. 
cute today. Have a picnic. I'll be Michelle and hide instead. Jesse, is Michelle with you? No, DJ Steph, is she over there? Not here. Duh. Guess we'll have to be without her. Hey, they'd never do that. Just doesn't seem like a picnic. Without Michelle. <laughs> Danny's family from the Full House Collection. Jesse's family is sold separately from Tiger. Disney Blues, Disney On Demand.
Ellsworth in their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kurt right down that Judy Sweeten here with Mary Kate Elson. And we've been here at Walt Disney World doing two episodes of Full House for a whole week. Hey Jody, what's your favorite thing that you did so far? My favorite thing was illumination today. My favorite thing was horseback riding. But the most exciting part is we're gonna be the Grand Marshals in Disney's surprise celebration parade. Hi, girls! Oh hey Minnie! Could you maybe show us how to wave to the crowd? Oh, it's easy. Just smile and wave. How was that? Great job! <laughs> What a pro. Happy Easter, everyone. See you in the parade. Hi, I'm Candace Cameron. And I'm Andrea Barber. Happy Easter from the cast of Full House. Next from the Disney MGM Studios, catch all the excitement of Aladdin's Royal Caravan. Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. With this baby, we'll never be lost. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, OVD heads, so we're back once again. It is 2013. I hope you enjoyed the holidays off with your friends, your families, and I am excited to gear up for the one and only Jody Sweden, Stephanie Tanner from Full House to be stopping in very shortly here at the show. We all remember Full House. We've grown up with Full House, and, you know, it is going to be a blast going down memory lane with Jody very shortly here at the show. Feels good to be back for show number 27. So there's a variety of different things in the news that everybody is aware about over the course of December, including the grand opening of the all-new Fantasyland and a variety of different things that are coming out very soon. So I'm sure you've seen that all over the place. So I'm going to jump into the news very shortly. But before I do that, remember to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Now, kicking off news for 2013, how about all the runners that are set to swarm up Walt Disney World this weekend? That's right, coming up this weekend, this very weekend right now, it's marking the 20th anniversary of the Walt Disney World Marathon. That's correct, on Sunday, January 13th, the marathon is going to begin at Epcot, and the course is going to take runners through all four of Disney's theme parks. To celebrate the 20 years of this unique endurance event, Disney has added two all-new features to the course. For the first time ever, runners are able to run through the Walt Disney World Speedway, which is typically reversed for stock cars and Indy cars. Additionally, the course will run through ESPN Y World of Sports Champion Stadium and around the bases of the field that typically hosts the Atlanta Braves for spring training. Now, additional enhancements are going to include surprise entertainment at the 20-mile mark and also a special 20th anniversary medal. Now, the fun doesn't end when you finish running. Disney has also planned an all-new post-race party at Downtown Disney. Now, other weekend events are going to include health and fitness expos at ESPN's Wide World of Sports, a half marathon through Epcot and the Magic Kingdom, and a family-friendly 5K run through Epcot for the younger children that are going to be there with kid races, including a diaper run at the ESPN Wide World of Sports. There's a variety of different things that are going to be taking place, and both the half marathons are going to be taking place on January 12th and the 13th. So definitely check it out. It's kicking off this weekend. We have a variety of our D-Team members that are going to be there, including Pixie Amy, who blogs on our website very often. She's going to be there as well covering this event. So stay tuned for the 20th anniversary of the Walt Disney World Marathon kicking off 
this Sunday, January 13th. Now moving on to the web, let's just keep things flowing here and how about Disney Family Deals? Now myself being a father of four children, I love the Disney Family Deals site. I've gone to it a variety of different times and saved a ton of money. Well, Disney Family Deals has officially announced that they're going to become part of Spoonful.com this month. On January 15th, that's coming up just this Tuesday, Disney Family Deals is going to become part of Spoonful.com and Spoonful is Disney's new site for families filled with thousands of inspired ideas to bring a little magic into everyday family life. On Spoonful, you'll be able to find activities, recipes, crafts, and ideas for holidays, parties, including hundreds of Disney recipes and projects that you're not going to find anywhere else on the web. Now this is the perfect place for you to get your Disney family deals and as they're going to merge together it is just a one-stop shop now. Now you can go there, you can find the Disney family deals, get the crafts, get the fun at Spoonful.com and this is kicking off on January 15th when they merge together. You can also like them still on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney family deals. So definitely check it out and fear not all voucher purchases on the Disney family Deals site are still valid once they join up with Spoonful.com. Now moving right along let's talk about the hottest topic all over the web and you know I try to leave the park news to all those that always do the park news. I mean seriously they do it best they've been doing it a while. We just want to bring you a little bit of a hint and how about My Magic Plus debuting at Walt Disney World. Now I myself am all for My Magic Plus. I think it is a fantastic idea and everyone is so concerned about Disney tracking you and tracking what happens and you know really dictating things and you know you know what you have a better chance of having your information all over the web from surfing the internet right now than using My Magic Plus. Now, obviously, there have been advances in technology coming to Walt Disney World parks and resorts, and rumors have been circling for years about Disney creating an X-Pass kind of program, which is in use at Universal Studios. Now, this allows users to purchase a pass that gives you priority lines for popular attractions. Now, Disney is all about enhancing the guest experience for this purpose of FastPass Plus, My Magic Plus, and My Disney Experience, just to do that. The next step is the Magic Band. Now, this is a wristband that is going to contain guest information through RFID. Now, the bracelet will serve as a room key, changing privileges, theme park admission, dining plan, photo pass plus, and reservation information. Think of it as your key to the world card, but it's on your wrist. And guests will be able to choose a four-digit PIN code to enable a tap-to-pay technology, which allows you to pay for merchandise and beverages at select locations just by using your wrist at the RFID reader. Now, the Magic Band has been receiving positive feedbacks in recent testings, and it is going to evolve over time. I mean, such information is going to be stored where if a child is going to go to Ariel and Little Mermaid, they'll be able to know her birthday or know her name or really enhance that experience. And I don't know about you, but I know my children. If my son is going to walk up to a character that he loves you know and, and they talk back to him and say hey Zachary hey Tyler hey Allie hey Emma you know what that's really gonna make that a magical moment well the my magic plus is debuting at Walt Disney World I for one am all for it and I'm gonna check it out myself hopefully it'll be full in motion 100% when I head on down there in just under two months what do you feel about this what are your feedbacks definitely go to our website or shoot us some comments call in what you think so we can hear it here on the show 
over the next couple of weeks as well. Now, pushing right along, we cannot forget all of our younger Disney fans out there and all of our D-heads that are on the younger horizon. And how about all of you that love the Disney Channel? Well, the Disney Channel stars Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez, Miley Cyrus are all ready for comeback albums in 2013. So far, official press releases have been announced that the Disney Channel star Demi Lovato made a comeback over the last year as she was a judge on The X Factor. She also released a new single, Give Your Heart a Break, which has definitely showed off her vocal talents since coming out of rehab and really resurfacing once again. She has also made it known that she is going to have an all-new album coming out very soon, and she wants to focus more on having a real band. No more synthesizers, technology, drum tracks, you name it. She wants to have a real band and move away from any electronic beats. And you can look for that coming up in this year. Now, also in 2013, Miley Cyrus. Now, she has been all over the news in the last couple of months with everything from getting haircuts, changing her looks, uh, you know, new boyfriends. I mean, it has just been all over the board. Well, she's working on a new album, and she's not going to cease to amaze you. Everybody has mentioned that she is reinventing herself, and sometimes I feel reinvention isn't always the best idea. There's a reason why you have a fan base. Well, coming up in 2013, she announced that there's an all-new album, and Pharaoh Williams has been working with her and getting her a new re-envisioned sound and look, and she's working with such rappers as Tyler the Creator and Meek Mills. So all I can say is, reinvention is not always the best. Now, another Disney Channel star that is looking for a comeback is Justin Bieber's ex-girlfriend, Selena Gomez. Now, she's working on a new album, and there isn't really much about this other than she's going to talk about things she hasn't discussed before, and I'm guessing she's grown up, she's older, and probably wiser after breaking up with Justin Bieber. So that's just a little bit for all of our younger D-heads out there and your music news and all the things you love. Now let's push on to something that we really love. And coming up very soon, we're going to have some of the stars from the Tinkerbell franchise coming up. Well, Mega Fancy Dress has announced that the new Tinkerbell movie has girls dressing as Tinkerbell more than ever in history. Fairy and princess costumes have always been the most popular dressing up choice for young girls. And with the release of the newest film, Secret of the Wings, which I know my daughter really loves, exciting Peter Pan and Tinkerbell costumes are flying off the shelves, according to Mega Fancy Dress. Now this year, the new film based on the Disney Fairies franchise built around Tinkerbell has been the biggest year yet. Tinkerbell has remained to be the biggest costume choice over girls since Halloween and has only grown over the course of Secret of the Wings getting released. Now, Mega Fancy Dress stocks a variety of different Disney characters from Tinkerbell, Rapunzel, Cinderella, Snow White, and more, but they are having a hard time keeping Tinkerbell in stock. So that just goes to show that next time you head on down to the Walt Disney World Resort, Tinkerbells are going to be flying around everywhere. And I know my daughter now, she wants a periwinkle dress, so let's cross our fingers that one of those are going to pop up very soon as well. Now, since we were just talking about Disney music and the Disney Channel and whatnot, let's talk about Scott Fink, who has been promoted to Disney Music Group's SVP of Promotions. Now, Disney would not be Disney without its music, and many record labels that we know of distribute many of our classics, new groups, and trends for all of us to enjoy. Hollywood Records Vice President and Promotion, Scott Fink has now been promoted to the beloved Disney Music Group's SVP of Promotion. Scott has been with the company for almost 15 years and is reported to be taking over the duties of Justin Fontaine, who had left the company last November. He is also going to be reporting directly to Disney Music Group's EVP of Marketing, 
Ken Bunt. So congratulations to Scott. And this is a big, big jump because Disney music is on the horizon. It's getting bigger and fans have spoken out. They want more music from television shows, movies, and more. People love their Disney music. And that's something Disney has been lacking in lately. And hopefully this is going to help it out with all new promotions and, you know, marketing techniques that are just going to hopefully just fly off the charts or digital downloads. Now, as I continue on with news and whatnot, let's go back to park news. And how about limited time magic? The revival of the Golden Horseshoe Review. Now, Disneyland Park is gearing up for one of its first limited time magic events. And for a limited time, starting January 10th this week, all the way through February 4th, guests are going to be able to attend a salute to the Golden Horseshoe Review. Now, the Golden Horseshoe Review was a dinner theater show before it turned into the counter service spot for snacks and amazing ice cream. Before the venue opened to the public, Walt and Lillian Disney, as many know this, you've seen the film, you've read the stories, you've seen it in the books. They celebrated their 30th wedding anniversary at a private party in 1955. Walt danced on the stage to surprise Lillian, and the following day, the stage opened for its debut performance in the grand opening of Disneyland. Now, the Golden Horseshoe Review was a beloved Disneyland attraction for Walt Disney and his wife, and in 1959, Walt wrote to Wally Bogue, who played the traveling salesman and Pecos Bill from 1955 to 1982. I can't remember how many times I've seen the show, but I always find it stimulating to be there and watch the responses of the audience. And although I practically know the routine by heart, it's always new and exciting. Now you can reserve a seat for a salute to the Golden Horseshoe Review for this limited time magic that is going to be going from January 10th to February 4th and guests should visit the podium at the entrance to the Golden Horseshoe Review on the date of their select performance. Guests are going to be issued a ticket to the preferred show time based on availability. Now there's a variety of different things that they do have including the menu and whatnot and you can find out more about that online but they have everything from corn chips, black forest ham, golden raisins and carrot salads all the way through a variety of different things. Now for dessert, though, you have Walt and Lily's 30th anniversary celebration cake. Who doesn't love cake? So check it out. This is part of Limited Time Magic taking place at the Disneyland Resort, kicking off January 10th this week. Now, before I let you go, let's talk about one more thing before I cut you a little break of me talking and whatnot. And let's talk about Pixie Vacations announcing 365 days of Mickey sweepstakes. Now, Pixie Vacations has a full year of magic and surprises in store for guests with their 365 days of Mickey sweepstakes. Guests can go to pixievacations.com to enter for a chance to win a Walt Disney World vacation. Now, every week in 2013, Pixie Vacations is going to be giving away prizes and magical surprises. So be sure to enter every single day. Now, 52 lucky guests are going to win magical Mickeys. Now, these Mickeys come with some extra magic. A 1 in 52 chance of winning a four-day, three-night stay at the Walt Disney World Resort Hotel and up to four Disney Park tickets, as well as Magical Express service to and from Walt Disney World Resort from the Orlando International Airport. You can also find out a variety of different things that they're going to have, and you can find out more about Pixie Vacations on their official website at pixievacations.com. Now, all of you D-heads, it feels good to be back in 2013. I don't want to bog you down with too much news and whatnot because, come on, the show is supposed to be entertaining and fun, and come on, you just don't want to hear me rambling on. So I'm going to cut you a little bit of a break. We're going to go back to some magical tunes. The D-team we have coming up very soon, we have Jamie with the Artist Corner, as well as Tony with the top five things you didn't know about, some more magical music, and a variety of different things as we gear up for the one and only Stephanie Tanner, Jody Sweden, a full house stopping in very shortly here at the show. But before I let you go, I want to give a shout out to the Diz Radio sponsor, 
Pixie Vacations. Now, Diz Radio is probably sponsored by Pixie Vacations, and the agents at Pixie Vacations specialize in all Disney destinations. Whether you want to go to Walt Disney World in Florida, Disneyland in California, you can set sail on a Disney cruise or take part in an adventure by Disney with Pixie Vacations as an authorized Disney vacation planner. Now, after talking with the agents at Pixie Vacations, and I'm not just saying this because they are a sponsor, they're very knowledgeable and experienced agents. They're going to help you plan the best Disney vacation ever. Now, you can contact Pixie Vacations directly at pixievacations.com, or you can call any one of their agents at 678-815-1584. Once again, that's 678-815-1584, or you can follow the banner found right there on our website at disradio.com. So check them out, get some help, pixievacations.com. So all of you D-heads, time to take a break. I need a drink. I'm going to grab some water here, down it a little bit, and maybe grab a little bit of a snack, but enjoy some magical tunes, the D-team, and you know you haven't heard the last of me. Be right back, all of you D-heads. Come on to the theater. Hi, diddly dee an act is life for me. A high silk hat and a silver cane, a watch of gold with a diamond chain. Hi, diddly day, an act is life is gay. It's great to be a celebrity, an actor's life for me. Turn up the diddy dum, diddy up the dum da dum, diddy up the dum da dum, diddy da 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 An actor's life for me. Hi, diddy-dee-dee. An actor's life for me. A wax mustache and a beaver coat. A pony cart and a billy goat. Hi, diddy-dee-dum. An actor's life is fun. You wear your hair the pompadour. You ride around in a coach and four. You stop and buy out a candy store. An actor's life for me. Hi, diddy-dee-dee. An actor's life for me. Silk hat and a silver cane, a watch of gold with a diamond chain. I diddly day, an actor's life is gay. It's great to be a celebrity, an actor's life for me. Steph, honey, what do you mean you're not going to school? I don't feel good. Maybe I'll go next year. <laughs> you don't look sick. Is that better? <laughs> face is almost there. Give it kind of a... like that and throw in a real hacking cough. Uh, <laughs> Mom, you're gonna miss a bus. Steph, are you okay? See, now you're tricking people. <laughs> DJ, you go on ahead. Steph's a little nervous about her first day at school. I'll make sure she gets there. Okay, Steph, see you there. Stephanie, wait a minute, where are you going? Steph, I want to talk to you. Sweetheart, don't you want to go to school and be smart? I'll stay home and watch public television. Come on, Steph, spill your guts. Why don't you want to go to school? You are now invited to enjoy the world premiere of World of Color.
Disney presents... Hey D-Heads, and welcome to another edition of the Artist Corner. Now in today's topics, we'll be discussing some of the characteristics, equipment used, techniques, and some of the processes that it takes to create a Disney sketch. Now the Disney show artist can be classified as a cleanup artist. Cleanup artists refine an animator's rough drawings, or in this case, taken from the original animation pieces, or the new drawings that are created from the Disney design group. Now, some of the techniques used by the show artist is having the ability to have good line quality. Now, most people of the parks really don't understand the term line quality, but it's what it's really all about. Now, with line quality, the ability to show weight with thick lines and fade into thin lines to show a part of the drawing that might have less weight. Also, with line weight, to show what part of the drawing is close and what part of the drawing that appears to be most further away. Now another technique used by the artist is like a sweeping motion of the pencil, almost like sweeping the floor. You drag the pencil or the line to pull or sweep to give it a good, nice, thin ending. Now the next time you catch yourself in the parks, go seek out a Disney sketch artist and watch these techniques in use that we've talked about and watch them clean up the original animation pieces from the rough drawings. Now on to some of the equipment used by the artist to create these one-of-a-kind drawings. One item is the animation wheel, or sometimes called the animation disc. Now the purpose of the animation wheel in this day and age in the business of animation is so that the artist has full directional range or motion, which the disc can turn 360 degrees to make it easier on the sketch artist to sketch a character. With these animation discs, now in years past in the business of animation, animators were expected to calculate their own camera pan moves for their scenes. Metal or wooden discs with sliding or ruled peg bars were usually the norm. Now these peg bars were ruled in the 20th of an inch to allow very close pan moves to be calculated by the animators and notated in the camera column on the exposure sheet. Now I've had many opportunities to meet the Disney artist and as an onlooker always wondered what type of pencil they used to create the sketches. And the majority of the artists, if not all, with the Walt Disney Company use what's called Prismacolor pencils. They can be found on the internet with practically a variety of prices and are very simple to obtain. Now as far as the animation paper goes, the paper comes from Canada, actually from a company called Coroma Color. They can be obtained as well also on the internet in a variety of prices. Now in this week's Artist Spotlight goes to Marshall Toomey of the Walt Disney Feature Animation. Marshall's a cleanup artist and talks about the process of his job as a cleanup artist. My name is Marshall Toomey. I am a cleanup key animation artist. What I do is cleanup animation. I take the rough drawings that the animators do um, based on what they wanted to look like and how they wanted to do, and we clean those drawings up. It's not tracing. If people say, oh, you just trace. No, it is not tracing. It, not only do we have to have a good sense of animation, but we also have to have a beautiful cleanup line, which we have learned throughout the years from the other Disney old folks that were here before we left, before they retired. So this tradition is the same tradition that's been going on since 1938. And 2D animation is exactly what Walt would have wanted. Thanks, Marshall. In this week's Disney Artist News, join us as we welcome to celebrate Disney Design Group artist Costa Alavesos, who will be appearing at the Art of Disney in downtown Disney Marketplace for a special event and the signing of his new masterpieces, Ariel and Flounder. In addition to the Artist Showcase is also David Doss, as he debuts some of his latest releases, including Fun in the Sun, 
happy hunting, and more. Prices and sizes and formats may vary. Now in next week's installment, we're going to continue to talk about the creation of the drawings and sketches, all the way from the construction lines of what they mean, to the finishing bold lines, and to the finished product. So on behalf of myself and DizRadio.com, again, we'll see you real soon. I'm going to Disney World. Yes, you can too. With Diz On Demand on Live365.com. Enjoy our virtual Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and more as you enjoy the parks once more in order from start to finish. Full attractions, parades, loops, and more. So, say it with me. I'm going to Disney World with Diz On Demand on Live365.com. I'm malicious, mean and scary My snicker-curdled dairy And violence-wise, my hands are not the cleanest But despite my evil look And my temper and my hook I've always yearned to be a cut-to-feelist Can't you see me on the stage performing Mozart? Tickling me, I will still be clean Yep, I'd rather be called deadly, but my killer's show too deadly. Thank you, cause way down deep inside I've got a dream. He's got a dream, he's got a dream. See, I ain't as cruel and vicious as I see. Though I do like breaking femurs, you can count me with the dreamers. Like everybody else, I've got a dream. And lumps and bruises Plus something here that oozes And let's not even mention my complexion But despite my expert toes And my goiter and my nose I really want to make a love connection Can't you see me with the special little lady Rowing in a rowboat down the screen Though I'm one disgusting blighter I'm a lover, not a fighter Cause way down deep inside I've got a dream I've got a dream, he's got a dream, I've got a dream, he's got a dream, and I know one day romance will reign supreme. Though my face leaves people screaming, there's a child behind it dreaming. Like everybody else, I've got a dream. Toad like to quit and be a florist. Gunter does interior design. Wolf is into mine, Attila's cupcakes are sublime. And it's killer souls, and it's little puppet shows. And Vladimir collects around a I have dreams like you, no really, just much less touchy-feely. They mainly happen somewhere warm and sunny. On an island that I own, and I'm rested and alone. Surrounded by enormous piles of money. I've got a dream. I've got a dream. I just want to see the floating lanterns gleam. And with every passing hour, I'm so glad I left my tower. Like all you lovely folks, I've got a dream. She's got a dream. He's got a dream. They got a dream. We've got a dream. So what difference is it really an extreme? And grotesquely optimistic Cause way down deep inside we've got a dream I've 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 got a dream Yes, way down deep inside I've got a dream 
Hi, it's Judith Hogue, and you're listening to DizRadio.com. <laughs> This is Tony Casanova from DisneyByTheNumbers.com bringing you this week's Top 5 Things You Did Not Know About Finding Nemo the Musical. Number 5. 40 puppets are used in the Finding Nemo musical. Number 4. 6,000 square foot show deck is used at the Finding Nemo the Musical, which is larger than three Broadway shows. Number 3. 18 musical theater actors and dancers are used in the Finding Nemo the musical show. Number two, four shows are performed each and every day. And the number one thing you did know about Finding Nemo the Musical is 1,500 guests can be seated in the Finding Nemo Musical arena. Thanks, and we'll see you in the parks. Howdy, folks. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the train and remain seated at all times. Now then, hang on to them hats and glasses, because this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. 
Alright LVD head, so I'm back once again. I told you you couldn't get rid of me and I had something to drink, had a little bit of a snack, and also I uh, had to round down the kids here because for some reason, I swear one of these days you're going to hear them here on the show. They are just hounding to be part of Disney On Demand, so I don't know, maybe there just might be something in there, at least for my two oldest. Allie and Zachary. Maybe there is something that they can do on the show, a little two-minute segment. Do you have any ideas for them or whatnot? Just shoot me an email or give us a call. Let us know what you think you would want to hear from a six-year-old and a five-year-old. Let me know, all of you D-heads. Well, we're back once again. We're getting that much closer. I want to thank the D-team of Jamie and Tony once again for stopping in with their signature segments and keeping you entertained and getting some information you may have not known before. So in keeping the show flowing as we gear up for the one and only Jody Sweden stopping in here very shortly, and I hope you've been enjoying all of our snippets from the classic episodes of Full House, let's jump right back in to Disney news. And how about Tron Uprising? Now quite some time ago we talked about the Tron Uprising soundtrack as it was coming out and we had a chance to sample some of this early on. Well, it has officially been released. That's right, Walt Disney Records has officially released the soundtrack for Tron Uprising, the Disney XD animated series. Now many of us love Tron XD. It is a fantastic series and you may remember way back in April of 2012 when we had Bruce Boxleitner, Tron himself, stopping in here at Disney On Demand, and we talked about a variety of different things, including him doing the voice on Tron Uprising. Well, the all-new soundtrack features the original score from the series, composed by Joseph, and it's going to be available in digital format and also as a CD. Now, there's a variety of different tracks that are going to be on there, including remixes, and it's going to be released from Hollywood Records. Now, this is currently on the shelves. We are jamming it right here in the studio, and maybe I'll get around to playing some next week here at the show. As they put it, when they were creating the soundtrack for this, they had over more footage to cover than they had with the film, almost seven hours. So there's much more, a bigger scope, and a larger soundtrack was needed. Now, they have worked on a variety of different projects, including Percy Jackson and the Olympians and shows like Dexter. There's been a variety of different soundtracks that are to their background, and some of the tracks are Beck's Theme, Tester's Throwdown, Lux's Scarface, Price of Power, Rescuing the Rebellion, and Tron's Promise, Tron's Turn, Redemption, Goodbye Renegade, Dyson, Inferno, and Resolution. So there's a variety of great tracks. You can check it out. Listen to it right now. I'm sure you've seen all the Twitter boards, forums, and more lighting up with the Tron soundtrack. So if you want to get it, definitely check it out at facebook.com slash Tron Uprising. Or you can also purchase this on Amazon and a variety of different places as a digital download as well as the CD. Now moving away from the technical side, the digital side, let's get back to just good old-fashioned reading. And how about a journalist paying homage to Disney and related parks with an all-new release by Chuck Schmidt. Now, Disney Dream Weavers is an all-new book and four plots of desolate land. An ex-Orange Grove, soggy fields near a busy city didn't have much to call for it until it became Disneyland. Well, Disney Dream Weavers weaves a tale of a beloved theme parks, starting with Disneyland, the world's first theme park, which opened in 1955. Disney Dream Weavers by Chuck Schmidt. The author's memories take readers back to such attractions as Freedom Land's horseless carriage ride, elaborate Civil War scenes, and stagecoach robbery. The World's Fair stunning Ford Motor Company, Magic Skyway, and great moments with Minster Lincoln. Now, the award-winning journalist Chuck Schmidt has covered several major Disney events, including Walt Disney World's 15th and 25th anniversaries, christenings of the Disney Cruise Line's Dream in 2011, and the Fantasy in 2012, and Disney Animal Kingdom's grand opening in 1998. He shares a passion for Disney, and on his blog, Goofy About Disney, 
is fantastic. He and his wife have three children and three grandchildren, and now this book is a fantastic read. I had a chance to go through it, read it. It is definitely fun. I mean, maybe it's because I'm a father or whatnot, but he does a great job of inside information, insights, and more, and just reliving the memories, the magic, and as the title of the book puts it, Disney's Dream Weavers. If you want to find out more about this or purchase the book yourself, definitely drop a line, tell them we sent you, and go to booksbychuckschmidt.com. Now, as we press on, we've talked about a variety of different ways that we could, you know, talk about Disney, plan trips, and what now. And how about Adventures by Disney being named number one as the tour operator by World Travel Awards? Now, announced in December, Disney Adventures is being awarded the number one tour operator by World Travel Awards. Now, the accolades for Disney just keep rolling up, and the hot list for 2012 has announced them as the world's leading luxury tour operator. Now, this is a fantastic award and achievement that just really puts Disney Adventures above the horizon. If you're looking to t- take your family uh, you know, out of the country or other places and really get that experience, we've all seen the commercials. We've seen the commercials during the Disney Parks parades and whatnot. You know, and I was always leery, how good are these adventures by Disney? Well, if they're named number one, it has to be the best. As they put it, they are number one because they have hassle-free travel from beginning to end, VIP treatment, adventure guides and authentic experiences, spectacular dining and exceptional hotels, and the best destinations to offer. If you want to find out more about these, you can definitely check it out with Adventures by Disney. Now, a couple of things that have been all over online. You may have seen our blog at DizRadio.com, so I'm not going to elaborate too much. Come on, Splitsville is open. Now, you've seen the coverage at a variety of places, including Inside the Magic, you know, uh, WDW Radio, a variety of different places. So definitely great coverage. We've also did a blog about it and a write-up about it. But Splitsville is open. It's a fun place to go. And if you haven't heard about this, if you're brand new to, you know, anything at all, definitely check out Downtown Disney on the west side where there's the all-new 50,000-square-foot facility that has more than 30 lanes of bowling, five bars with creations and classic cocktails, and all kinds of fun, including video games and more, in the old Virgin space for Virgin Record Store. So check it out at Splitsville in Downtown Disney. Well, all of you D-heads, you know what? There is some more news, but, you know, there's just a lot of different things. Taking a month off, news piles up really fast. So, you know what? I'm going to cut you a little bit of a break. Let's talk about one more thing. And how about embarking on a magical medieval adventure with new individual software that ships Disney in Mickey's Typing Adventure? Now, I am all for education and more. And Disney's all-new Mickey's Typing Adventure, starring Mickey Mouse and Friends, takes players on a medieval adventure that is designed to teach children ages 6 through 12 to touch type by allowing them to be heroes and rescue Mickey and friends from a mysterious enchantment in Typelandia. Now children are taught all of the keys on the keyboard as they journey through Typelandia and free characters from the enchantment on their way to the palace. Now additionally the software includes quality animations of Mickey Mouse and friends, seven challenging typing games, and ten customized typing courses for specific ages and skills level. Now, I think this is great. You know, having something educational and fun, helping kids learn about typing. We are in a world where, you know, knowing the keyboard, typing your letters, and everything else is very important. And Disney's typing adventure is just something that's going to help families grow and children learn and more. And with an age range of 6 to 12, it really does have different difficulties and levels. If you want to find out more about this, you can definitely check it out at individualsoftware.com. So all of you D-heads out there, 
I've been rambling on for quite some time. As I put it, there's a lot of news out there that piles up since I took an entire month off of Diz On Demand. So I'm sorry about that. Needed to make those memories with the children and more. But I do also want to mention in that month, if you haven't had a chance, get our 100% free app. And that's for your mobile devices, your tablets, your iPads, and more. So definitely go to your mobile store and type in D-I-Z Radio, one word, and download our absolutely free app. There you can get news feeds, video, past shows, meet the D team, submit news, contact us, and more. And you can get that absolutely 100% free, our Diz Radio app. And if you like our show, if you like everything we do here at Disney On Demand, please drop us some feedback in iTunes. Look up Disney On Demand or Disney Blue and definitely shoot us positive feedback. It always helps us in the iTunes marketplace and more when people can see that other people are enjoying the show. So definitely drop us that as well. Now, if you want to stay connected with us, you can find us on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and many other places. And you can find all those links right there on our website. So all of you D-heads, we have a variety of things lined up. We have Lexi, our D-team member from Down Under, who's going to be stopping in very shortly with a bio, a history, and a little bit more about the career of Jody Sweeten as we gear up for Full House's Stephanie Tanner, Jody Sweeten, to stop in soon and chat with me here in Disney On Demand. So I'm going to release the reins to the D-team, have some musical tunes and all kinds of magic, and next time you hear me, D-heads, I will be back with Stephanie Tanner, Jody Sweeten.
D-Heads, when you aren't enjoying Disney On Demand, head on over to DizRadio.com and listen to our famous Lifetime of Disney player, where you can while away the hours reliving Disney classics from film, television, and the parks. What are you waiting for? Keep your hands and arms inside at all times and go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. And have a magical day. We are gathered here today to join Stephanie and Harry in Holy Mattress Money. (laughs) Harry, do you take Stephanie? I'll take her anywhere. After we're married, we can cross the street. (laughs) No, no. What he means is, do you promise to pay lots of attention to me, no matter what DJ does or how cute Michelle is? Yeah, why not? Now it's time for the wedding bows. <laughs> now say I do. I do. I do too. <laughs> May I have the ring, please? Wait. Did you get a ring? Better. I got a stick-on tattoo of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Lick your hand. It's beautiful. <laughs> Stephanie and Harry, I now announce you, man and wife. You may kiss the bride. Ew! If you don't kiss, you're not really married. Hi, this is Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Which pet's address is the finest in Paris? Which pets possess the longest pedigree? Which pets get to sleep on velvet mats? Naturellement, the aristocats. Which pets are blessed with the fairest forms and faces? Which pets know best all the gentle social graces? 
which pet slave on cream and loving pats. Naturellement, the aristocats, they show aristocratic bearing when they're seen upon an area. An aristocratic flair in what they do and what they say. Aristocats are never found in alleyways or hanging around the garbage cans where common kitties play. Oh no, which pets are known to never show their claws? Which pets are prone to hardly end flaws? To which pets do the others tip their hats? Naturellement, the aristocats. Bearing when they're seen upon an airing, an aristocratic flair in what they do and what they say. Aristocats are never found in alleyways or hanging around the garbage cans where common kitties play. Oh no! Which pets are known to never show their claws? Which pets are prone to hardly any flaws? To which pets do the others tip their hats? Mais naturellement, oh voyons, mais, mais naturellement, oh naturellement, the aristocats. special guest is very exciting. We all remember watching Full House in the 80s and 90s. Well, maybe the reruns for me. And we all love Stephanie Tanner. Well, Jodie Sweeten herself is our special guest. Jodie won our hearts with her cute and fiery middle child character, Stephanie. But as time goes by, she has grown into a stunning mother. She once said that she gets recognised all the time. But people are surprised that she has grown up. This must be such a funny experience. Born in California, Jodie has been an actress and TV personality for most of her life. Funny enough, she started her career as a four-year-old, appearing in a hot dog commercial. Then, before Full House, Jodie was in the sitcom Valerie. And it was in 1987 that she was cast as Stephanie Tanner in Full House. Jodie was with the show until the end in 1995. So whilst acting, Jodie still worked very hard at her education and attended Chapman University in California. Here's an interesting fact. While studying, Jodie and Matthew Morrison, who we all know from Glee, took musical theatre classes together. Hollywood is such a small world after all, just like Disney says. A while later, Jodie returned to TV, hosting a season of the Fuse TV show, Pants Off, Dance Off. I don't think we have that here in Australia, but it sure sounds fun. 
So, after Full House, Jodie had guest roles in shows like Brotherly Love and Party of Five. As if she wasn't busy enough already, Jodie released a memoir in 2009 called Unsweetened. This gives a detailed and honest look at her personal life. So everyone should go and check it out. Disney is very lucky to have Jodie as a member of the family. She seems a very open person, and her life story to date is rather motivating. Through life's trials, she has come out a strong and independent woman. Similar to most Disney family members, Jodie is also a spokesperson for a cause true to her heart. Jodie travels across the US to share her story with other young adults in the hopes that she can inspire them to make the right choices. She uses her fame for a good cause, so this is definitely something us D-heads admire. Lately, Jodie has been studying to become a teacher and once said that she would like to work as a set tutor on television and films. So we can see that her experience in Full House really did shape who she wants to be. With Disney, Jodie has played a number of fun roles. To name one, in 1989 she appeared as Stephanie Tanner in the all-new Mickey Mouse Club. Also, Jodie appeared in the 1993 Disney Easter Parade dressed as Cinderella. Funnily enough, she was alongside her TV sister, Mary-Kate Olsen, who was dressed as Snow White. That has to have been one of the cutest things I've seen. Jodie is very loved within the acting community, and she even won a Young Artist Award for Outstanding Young Comedian in a TV Series. That was for her lovable portrayal of Stephanie Tanner. Now, the middle child isn't always a role that's easy to pull off. <laughs> I know from personal experience. The cast and crew of Full House really did become Jodie's other family and her group of friends. She must have some lovely memories to hold on to. Full House just seems like such a fun show and I can only imagine what the atmosphere on the set must have been like every day. Jokes and laughing. That's just what us D-heads love most. So thank you Jodie Sweeten. Disney definitely would not be the same without you. Watch, this is going to be great. Yeah, right. We've actually taught Michelle to say Full House is moving to 8.30 Friday nights right after Perfect Strangers. All right, Michelle, let her rip. Don't miss Full House at its new time tonight at 8.30, 7.30 Central, right after Perfect Strangers. Michelle, <laughs> your voice has changed. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, we're back once again for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And with us here this week, we're taking a trip back into television, back into your childhood, back with somebody that you grew up with. And we have none other than somebody that has gone through all the trials and tribulations and all the fun things that uh, I guess you go through as a child and you grew up with her. You may know her, Stephanie Tanner from Full House. But we have none other than Jody Sweeten with us here. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Hey, good morning. Oh, or is... good afternoon, technically. <laughs> <laughs> it is our pleasure having you on. You know, if it's one thing that I think uh, spans a lot of generations, it is always finding that person that you can relate to on TV and many different sitcoms. And I think uh, it's safe to say that many people grew up uh, just relating to Stephanie and yourself and uh, all those fun things from Full House. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I get a lot uh, 
something that a lot of fans say to me, you know, is that they really related to Stephanie and, you know, especially girls that were middle children or that had siblings and stuff. Like, I, Stephanie was always my favorite. You know, she kind of had a bit of an attitude and she stuck up for herself a little bit. And, you know, I think a lot of kids grew up and, you know, really uh, enjoyed that, um, that spunk that Stephanie had. Oh, definitely. I mean, I know many of us could relate to it. And I guess before getting into Full House, of course, you know, your career is, you know, acting and whatnot. I mean, you started Full House at such a young age, of course. Uh, I guess what led you into acting and, you know, wanting to, to I guess, pursue that as a career? Uh, you know, I started doing commercials and things when I was, gosh, three and a half, four years old. Um, I started doing, I did I did a Sizzler commercial. I did an Oscar Mayer hot dog commercial. Um, you know, I was I was sort of performing and doing those things anyway, and then uh, I did a guest appearance on a television show called Valerie, um, and uh, it was the same producers and executive producers that were developing Full House at the time, and, you know, I did a guest appearance on that, on, on Valerie, I played um, Pamela Poole, who was the next-door neighbor, Mrs. Poole's niece, and from that, doing that one uh, episode, you know, I, I got... Full House. I never auditioned, and they they just loved me as that character, and, and said that they thought I would be perfect for Stephanie. Well, I mean, and no one would have thought that Full House would become such the staple of TGI Friday that it had become. And you know, I mean, I guess falling into that role of Stephanie, I mean, it has to feel good knowing that they they were capable of uh, just recognizing your talents. They knew it right away, and you didn't even have to audition. They just knew exactly what they wanted you for. Oh yeah, I mean that was you know it was a huge compliment. I mean, looking back at it now, I'm like, wow, what a you know sort of lucky set of circumstances I just happened to, to be you know at the right place at the right time you know when Full House was, was uh, still in the, the early stages of development and they were coming up with the you know casting for the show and um, yeah I mean it was you know it was just a, a really lucky you know half and chance sort of thing and um, yeah I mean I was I was really really happy to be to be cast as Stephanie it was a, it was a really fun character to play. Now, when they came with the pitch for Full House, uh, is it something that, I guess, I mean, I know you were young at the time, um, but, you know, being on the set and that initial feeling, um, was there this sense of family? Because I really feel like, you know, when you watch everybody on screen and you watch all the actors interacting and and all of you, it feels like you guys really were a family aside from just being on the show. Oh, most definitely. I mean, from the the beginning, uh, you know, of of filming Full House, um, we bonded. We bonded really quickly. Um, and, you know, I think a big part of that, the kids were really uh, a huge part of the show. You know, a lot of television shows you see, and, and the kids are, are on the show, but they're not, you know, um, the, the storylines aren't necessarily centered around them, and it's not, you know, like, uh, kid-centric. And the, I think the different thing about Full House was that it really was, it revolved around the kids and their stories and what was going on with them, and that sort of changed the dynamics of, of the, the set as well. And, you know, it was a really family-focused set. And, you know, the kids, you know, our well-being and welfare was really important to everybody. And we had wonderful people not only on the uh, on the um, cast, but you know, on the crew as well. So it was from the beginning, it was a really, um, you know, warm and, and family-oriented place to put. Now, working on the set and working on the show, of course, you know, I mean, it is such a high turnaround being in television and whatnot like that. Uh, I guess how hard was it to, you know, looking back, you know, sitting there and, you know, going through the scripts and working on this? I mean, what's an average day on set when you were on Full House in terms of, you know, getting the script from the time of, you know, production and shooting and, you know, wrapping for the day and things like that? Um, You know, how grueling was that for you or how easy or, you know, I guess what is a a 
typical day? I mean, it, you know, we, we worked after the first couple of seasons. I think we had, like, two seasons where we worked Monday through Friday. Um, then we went to a four-day work week, so we worked Tuesday through Friday. And, um, you know, we'd get the script the week before. We'd do our table readings usually on Thursdays. Uh, we would, you know, all sit around and, and do a script reading uh, for the next week's episode. Um, so we would do that, and then, you know, we have our weekend off, and we'd come back to work on Tuesday. And um, I would be at school in the morning. Um, and they were, the, the producers were um, really kind and, and let the kids, you know, go to our regular schools, like our home schools, um, in, in the morning, and then we would come into work in the afternoon, um, you know, on, on our rehearsal days. So I would basically be at school in the morning, my mom would take me at noon, we'd drive in, um, I would do rehearsals till like 4 or 5 o'clock, um, and then, then I'd go home, and, you know, we'd have two days of rehearsal, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Thursdays and Fridays, I do my schooling on set, so I'd usually come in about 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning, do a few hours of school, and then we would we would film on Thursdays um, without an audience. We'd do a few scenes that we needed to do, anything that, you know, we thought might take a little bit longer or things that had Ashley and Mary Kate in them so that we didn't have to, to be there as long on, on the audience tape day, which was on Friday. Um, so, you know, every day was a little bit different, but once, we, once you get into the routine of doing a sitcom, it's sort of like, you just, everybody knows what to do, when to do it, and, and it runs like a, a pretty smooth machine. Well, you know, and it seems like one of the things that I think is very positive, of course, is, you know, being able to, you know, take that time and go to school and then come in. I mean, it gives you a little sense, like you said, of a routine and it's a well-oiled machine and, and things like that. And, you know, it gives you a sense of just routine. Yeah, I had sort of one foot in normal life and, you know, and then and then I would go to work in the afternoon. But at least I felt a little bit connected to, you know, peers that were my age and to my teachers and my school and school activities and stuff. So I didn't feel like such a, you know, sort of a strange adjustment period when, you know, we would have a week off or a hiatus or when we have, a, you know, a couple months off, it wasn't like, oh, like, what is this school thing? You know, and it was like, and I, I, I did my thing in the mornings and, and I knew, you know, what that was all about. Well, I mean, and, you know, it's like you said, it's the kind of thing where it's not like you're coming back to something new or anything like that. It's, there is some sort sense of, you know, a routine, a, a normalcy to it and, you know, being part of the show and, you know, and I guess going back to that, you said you had the live tapings on Friday, um, you know, audience participation and them laughing at the right moments and things like that. Um, was it something that just left an energy on the set? I mean, when you're doing something and everyone's laughing at what you just did or, you know, caught up in the moment, was there just that moment where, um, I don't know, I guess inside you knew you were doing something right and it felt pretty good? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, from a very young age, I was a performer. I mean, even before I started doing commercials and stuff, like, you know, I loved to do, you know, dance recitals and do all that stuff, and I loved the audience reaction, you know, and I think that's, that's sort of a big part of any performer or any actor is, you know, you, you feed off of, you know, what the audience gives you. Um, and, I mean, that you know, it's very different when you're, you know, working on film or anything like that, but doing, you know, live... Um, studio taping for a sitcom or doing live theater and stuff. I mean, there's really nothing like getting that rush when you're like, yes, you know, they, I nailed it. Like, I, the timing was perfect on that one. Or they, you know what I mean? They really enjoyed that. Um, there is definitely a thrill that you get from, from working in front of a live audience. Well, I mean, and I think, I think that's something that I believe sitcoms, it just lacks nowadays. You know, there's something about just having that audience there that just really sends a, a I guess, an energy. Uh, you know, when you're watching it even back, you know, you're sitting in your living room. There's just something different about it. And I feel you just notice it within the actors and, and the, the people creating the show. There's something different uh, with a live studio audience. Oh, yeah, for sure. There, there definitely is. 
Now, when it comes to you know working on the set, of course, you know there's always all the fun things. Whether you're working on the uh, you know on a specific episode or behind the scenes or you know hijinks with the kids. Um, do you have any fun stories or any moments or anything or any great memories uh, that you'd like to share with our listeners? Because I'm sure that you know that you know with the show being on the air for so many seasons, I'm sure there's been a lot of great things that are just you know churning in your memory bank uh, to this day. Oh yeah, I mean there you know we had. <laughs> We had some really wonderful, you know, and funny moments. I mean, I'll never forget one time. Um, I think Ashley, no, it was Mary-Kate. Mary-Kate and I were doing a scene, and she was supposed to be, like, in Stephanie and Michelle's bedroom. It was, like, one of the later, um, one of the, like, maybe fifth season or something, and she was supposed to be making, like, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with her hands. And we were, you know, her and I were doing a scene, and they kept having to put the peanut butter and jelly on her hands, and she hated it. She just absolutely was like, oh, this is gross. And finally, like, we were going to do it again. And she just said, she goes, if you don't take, you know, if you don't wash my hands, I am going to scream. And it was so <laughs> funny because it was just, you know, so, like, out of nowhere. Or, you know, um, the, you know, shooting with the animals was always, you know, quite a, an interesting experience. I mean, we had, you know, um, we had horses on the show. And then, you know, Comet the dog was always there. And, you know, trying to, to sort of get a reaction or get them to do a trick or something was always, uh, you know, uh, an interesting and, and time-consuming experience. But, um, you know, I had I, I, I have so many wonderful memories, um, you know, filming in, in Disney World with everybody and getting to be a part of the parade. And, um, you know, shooting in San Francisco was always really fun because it felt like a, you know, sort of like a family trip. You know, like, <laughs> we would be up there, you know, there were like two or three times that we shot up there, and it was, you know, it was just a wonderful experience to be with such a great group of people and get to, to sort of, you know, tour all over and do these uh, amazing shows. Well, you know, and like you said, I mean, some of them, of course, with, I know, our Disney listeners, of course, is the Walt Disney World episodes and things like that. And, you know, like you said, you got to be in the parade and items like that. Um, You know, now, was that your first trip to Walt Disney World when you were filming uh, for those episodes? Um, No, I'm trying to remember if that was, no, that was, I had been there previously. I went to, I had been invited to um, Disney MGM Studios and they did like a, a thing where they would have a celebrity come in and I think it's like a week-long thing and you do the parade at the Disney MGM studio and you sign autographs and you do like different events um, throughout the week with, you know, with the um, with the, the crowd and stuff. So I had been there before doing that. Um, but then when we went to Disney World to shoot with Full House, we were there for I think two weeks, like 13 days or 14 days. Um, and I'd also gone back then, I think after that, and I had shot... Um, I did, uh, uh, I think, one or two episodes of the um, Mickey Mouse Club, so I was back there for that for a week, and, um, I mean, I had had, you know, several experiences going to Disney World, so they were, I mean, of course, all amazing, and um, definitely some of the best memories that I have growing up. <laughs> well, you know, who doesn't like Walt Disney World? And I know my children, um, you know, they wa- they look back now at those episodes of You There and, uh, you know, my six-year-old daughter just loves it. And, you know, it's, you know, speaking of all those kinds of memories as well, and them liking the show, let's talk about Mr. Bear. And, uh, you know, my daughter, she loves it because she has her own favorite uh, bear and blankie that she has. And she just relates to Stephanie and Mr. Bear. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about Mr. Bear and where is Mr. Bear today? Uh, Mr. Bear today, I have him. He is downstairs in, uh, in in my nice little storage area down there, but he's with all some other Full House memorabilia. Um, but he's somewhere he's well cared for. <laughs> and, 
Yeah, you know, Mr. Bear was, um, he actually was a, made by a company called um, the American Bear Company, and he was, um, his name was Humphrey Beargart, and, it, you know, he's wearing the trench coat and hat and, and scarf and everything um, of Humphrey Bogart from Casablanca. But they just thought he was, that was sort of a funny, you know, strange little toy for a child to have is his bear in a trench coat. Um, and that was, you know, he was Mr. Bear, and there were two, we had two Mr. Bears. We had the one that we used pretty much all the time, and then we had, a, like, a spare one, uh, just in case something had, you know, happened to the first one. Um, and, you know, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a fun thing to have sort of this little, you know, sidekick to Stephanie that she carried around all the time. Well, you know, and it's the kind of thing where I think, you know, getting back to, like, what we spoke about earlier is, you know, everybody that can find something to relate to. And like I said, you know, like my daughter and other, I know other children as well, they always had that one favorite uh, you know, toy or animal or something that they could relate to that, you know, they always come to tell their troubles to was there to console them. And, you know, and that's, that's kind of how Mr. Bear is on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, speaking of Mr. Bear, like you said, there's two of them and, you know, he's, he's there with you. And, you know, I was talking about passing this down to my children. Now, you know, you're a mother as well. And, you know, being a parent, greatest thing on the planet. Now, uh, is Full House something that you've had a chance to introduce to your children? Or is it something that you want to introduce to them later on down the road? Uh, it is, you know, the, um, my, my husband has DVR'd a few episodes, like they'll be flipping around through, you know, Nick at Night or whatever, and it'll be on. Um, you know, my, my, my oldest daughter, Zoe, is, um, she's four and a half now, and so she totally, like, gets that that's mommy when she was little, and she loves watching it, because it's hilarious. My two-year-old thinks that me on, the, on TV is actually Zoe, the older one, because she can't really figure out that, like, that was mommy. So, um, but, it, you know, the, Zoe, my four-year-old, just thinks it's, a, it's such a kick to watch Full House and thinks it's really funny. Um, you know, she's still not very impressed with, like, you know, wow, mommy was on TV, but she's like, oh, that's funny. You know, there you are, you were little. So she likes watching mommy when she was little. Right, you know, and it's the kind of thing where they notice that, that yeah, that's mommy, and, you know, it, it is fun. Now, you know, is this something that you see uh, continuing as a trend later on down the road when they start to realize, oh, that's my mom, and they start to get some of the episodes? Is that something that, you know, you're excited to pass down to them? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where, like, if they want to watch the show and they think it's, it's funny to watch mom on TV, that's totally fine, but it's not something that you're going to sit down and watch the entire catalog <laughs> of Full House now. <laughs> yeah. At this point, I think they'd both rather watch the like, Backyardigans or, you know, Spongebob or something, so. Right, anything that's Sesame on one Street. of the... You know, Sesame Street's still way cooler than, than, than you know, Mommy, so... <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you know, coming back to the show itself and being on set, um, you know, what was your favorite part of being on set aside from shooting? Um, you know, when you're you're sitting there, you're, you're backstage, you're hanging out, I guess. Is there any part that was your favorite part of being on set? And then also, is there one episode that is your absolute favorite episode to date? Now, that may be hard with so many seasons, but, uh, you know, maybe there is one that's just really calling out to you. My favorite part, um, my favorite part of being on set was just, getting to spend time with um, with the cast and stuff. I mean, I really, really loved them, and we had um, some really fun and wonderful times on set, and, you know, I was really close with Ashley and Mary Kate and, and Candace and stuff, so it was, it was you know, nice to have, um, you know, pseudo-siblings around, uh, and, I, and I got to, to spend a lot of time with them and have a lot of fun. That was probably the, the, the most fun thing about being on set, besides, you know, filming. Um, and my favorite episode, there was an episode, it was, Earlier on, and I believe it was Stephanie had Stephanie had chicken pox, 
And um, I just see, I, I remember it was fun filming that episode, but when I watch it now, I just find it hilarious. It was like Stephanie sneaking out of the house or something, and like she was dressed up in like a like a trench coat and a hat and trying to like sneak out of the house. And you know, it was just it was a really funny sort of Stephanie centered episode that I still that I watched this year. And oh my god, it's ridiculous! But it was you know really fun. You know, and it's the, it's those little moments that you just remember and you recall that, you know, make that, that episode just that much more special, I bet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, you know, when you are, you know, working on the show and, you know, so many seasons and whatnot, uh, you know, as it continued on and you said that, you know, you bonded with so many people, whether it was the children on the set, the adults, you name it. Um, do you still keep in contact with a lot of the cast and the crew and people today? Oh, yeah, definitely. We um, we actually all got together recently um, at Jeff Franklin's house, who was the, the creator of the show, and we all got together for the 25th anniversary of Full House airing, which was in uh, which was September 22nd, I believe. Um, so we all got together for that. But you know, other even other than like the big you know Full House moments and stuff, we we get together for dinner and Christmas parties and you know holiday things and people's birthdays and I mean we all I mean, we email each other all the time and stuff. I mean we we do we get to see each other a lot. So it's. Um, it's still like a you know an extended family that I'm definitely a part of. Well, I mean, and that's the kind of thing that you want to hear because you know, as when you know people are watching the show and things like that. Like I said, there really seems to be this camaraderie and family element aside from just filming. And you know, and you saying that hey, you guys talk and you still email that really does carry it through. And you know, it brings a different level where you know it is that moment in television history where there truly was that bonding on and off the set. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, and I think that really came through, you know, when people are watching the show, they do get the sense of that, um, you know, this was a, a very um, close, tight-knit group of people that really cared about each other, and that, you know, that wasn't just a storyline, and it wasn't just a script, you know, it was really something that that um, was true, and I think that that's something that people really watch and and enjoy when they when they watch Full House. Now, you know, looking back now at it, like you said, the 25th anniversary of the original airing, um, did you ever think at any point, you know, whether it's after the seasons ran or, you know, even a couple of years ago or who knows what, uh, did you ever look back and think, wow, uh, this is going to be part of television history? I mean, you know, you look back at, you know, when we were children or things like that, and there's shows that you grew up with that your parents grew up with and things like that. Did you ever think that Full House would still be around today all these years later, holding it up, airing it Nick at night, and, you know, whole new generations just discovering it in reruns? Absolutely not. And, you know, when we were a part of Full House and, and, you know, it became such a success, um, you know, I think that was really surprising to all of us because, you know, in the the very beginning, I mean, the critics hated Full House. They thought it was cheesy and silly and ridiculous. And, you know, it probably was a little of those things, but, you know, families related to it and loved it. Um, And the fact that it has become such a staple of American television and, you know, like you said, a whole new generation of kids growing up with the show that I did when I was a kid. Um, you know, it's, I mean, it's crazy. It's a, it's, it's a surreal experience to think that, you know, not only did people my age watch it, but now people my age have kids and they're growing up watching it and are just, you know, enamored and, and in love with the show. Right, you know, and it is that kind of thing where I see it going, you know, years and years to come yet. Um, you know, I think we barely just tapped the surface of uh, the great uh, classic reruns, I like to call it, of the 80s and 90s. And, you know, Full House is definitely one of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, people still, you know, people my age, they, you know, take great comfort in, 
you know, staying home and, and watching a couple Full House episodes. And I, get, I hear that all the time. You know, people on my Twitter and stuff are like, I'm watching Full House right now and I feel so much better. You know, or I feel like a kid again. And, and I think there's, you know, something to be said for nostalgia of, um, you know, watching the, the TV shows that you watched when you were growing up. And people look to that for a, a sense of comfort and sort of normalcy. Now, you know, stepping aside from Full House and, you know, moving forward, do you have any other roles or anything that you're working on now um, or anything upcoming or, you know, or is just uh, focusing on being a mom uh, the first priority at this moment? Um, well, you know, being a mom is always the first priority, but I uh, I did just shoot a, um, a pilot that we're shopping with networks right now um, called Singled Out, and uh, so I, I filmed that over the summer. Um, you know, I still, I'm working occasionally, but I'm also, I work uh, in drug and alcohol treatment, and I'm working at a, um, a recovery um, place right now. So, you know, I, I love what I do there as well, and I get to be a service and get to, um, you know, do sort of the other thing in my life that I'm really passionate about. So, you know, I, being a mom and being an actress and um, working in recovery, all of those things are um you know, really, really important and, and all play a huge role in my life today. So, you know, at any point, I'm sure that we're going to be able to see you, you know, out and about or, you know, like you said, if we're, if anyone's out and, you know, on uh, your coast there and checking things out and, you know, helping out with people, that's always first priority as well. Like you said, helping, helping people, being a mom, you know, those are things that are on a personal level that are always uh, first and foremost, and then also, like you said, you know, we might be able to see you on TV, and of course, many other places. So we haven't seen the last of Jody Sweeten's uh, face all over uh, anywhere. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Well, you know, we don't want to keep you too long, but it was a pleasure going down uh, memory lane and talking, you know, talking with you about Full House and all the different things. And, you know, I know, like we said, it is a nostalgia's sake and, you know, so many people grew up with it. And I know that a lot of people have, uh, you know, connected and they've grown up and, uh, you know, they definitely can connect with Stephanie Tanner being a middle child and things like that. And, you know, it was a pleasure having you on and, and talking about this and, you know, just uh, helping people relive the relive some magical moments in television history. Oh, well, it was a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, it was our pleasure. Thank you once again. Yeah.
Sorry, Jeff. Well, I don't know. But look, we're in luck. A courage detector. Last time I was here, it was a spit sucker. <laughs> well, it does that, too. Let's find out where your courage is. I found it. This is great. Your courage is inside your mouth. Really? Yeah. Here, take a look. See? See in the back of your throat there, that little hangy ball thing? Hey, yeah, what is that? Watch your courage hangy ball. I thought that was there for decoration. Hey, this is Michael Leon Woolley, the voice of Lewis the Alligator. Hallelujah! And you're listening to Disney On Demand! With tuppence for paper and strings, you can have your own set of wings. With your feet on the ground, you're a bird in flight. With your fist holding tight to the string of your kite. Oh, let's go fly a kite up to the highest height. Let's go fly a kite and send it soaring up through the atmosphere, up where the air is clear. Oh, let's go fly a kite. When you send it flying up there All at once you're lighter than air You can dance on the breeze over houses and trees With your fist holding tight To the string of your kite Siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Required voice identification. EC82. Confirmed. Hey gang, it's Jason again. Welcome back down to the vault. Glad you could make it down here with all the boxes and everything from unpacking for Christmas. It's kind of hard to make the difference between what is uh, archival vault and what is actually Christmas decorations. I'm really excited to be getting into the holiday season here on Disney On Demand. So bear with me. And there's a reason why I say bear with me. Because there's going to be some great times to be had in the next few weeks. I was really excited to hear that Jody Sweeten was going to be here. I wasn't going to be rude or anything like that. However, if there's one thing I'd learned from Stephanie Tanner is that you always have to have a friend with you. And what better friend to have with you than Mr. Bear? And we D-heads have our own Mr. Bear. So that's who I'm bringing out today from the vault to you. Our own Mr. Bear, Winnie the Pooh. 
in his latest addition to the Disney archives, the 2011 Disney release of Winnie the Pooh. Today's review is going to be rather simple, only because that's the great thing about this film. It's very simple. The story, of course, starts with Pooh trying to find the one thing he loves most, honey. And, to most everyone's surprise, Eeyore, once again, has lost his tail. Christopher Robin brings the whole gang together and holds a contest. Whoever finds the best tail for Eeyore will win a great jar of honey. The next day, everyone goes off to try to find the best tail for Eeyore, when a note from Christopher Robin says, Gone out, back soon. Owl, being the wise one that he is, misconstrues the idea of back soon, meaning the Baxen, a vicious monster that has been terrorizing the Hundred Acre Woods, yet no one has ever seen. So now it's every, up to everyone to go into the woods, find the Baxen, and get their friend back. And that's it. That's how simple it is. Three separate side stories all together in one, brought to you by Pooh and Friends. How simplistic is that? Of course, we do find out later, spoiler alert here, that the Baxen does exist. And that's the great twist to the whole story. What I love about this film is that we go back to the innocence and the essence of what the original Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh were. Cute little stories telling from a child's mind in a viewpoint not so far removed. The characters are still memorable even today. Who can forget Piglet? Pooh, Tigger, Eeyore, Owl, Rabbit, Kanga, Roo, they're all there making a fine return to the silver screen. And of course, on Blu-ray, looks even better. What makes this particular release on Blu-ray so special is that it has gone back to the original hand-drawn idea of animation. What a wonderful, wonderful return. Now don't get me wrong, the year prior we were treated to Tangled and the joys of the advancement in CG technology for Disney. We came to 2011's Winnie the Pooh and were brought into the beautiful hand-drawn aspects of it all. The thick lines for outline, the bold colors, and the watercolors for their background. Of course, this year we get the biggest treat in going back to CG with Wreck-It Ralph and seeing the contrast there. Disney, you've got, come a long way, and we're thankful for that. Just remember, hand-drawn still is a beautiful art form, and you can always go back to it. Let's discuss the joys of the Blu-ray disc itself. If you're lucky, you can get the Blu-ray, DVD, and digital combo pack. There is also the Blu-ray and DVD pack as well, as well as a single DVD release. The Blu-ray features, of course, the wonderful film. It is a short film, and that's what's so wonderful about, again, that simplicity. It clocks in at 63 minutes, so it's easy to sit down, watch it with the kids, and go on about the day, the night, or whenever you're watching it. Exclusive to the Blu-ray, of course, is Winnie the Pooh and his story too, discussing everything Winnie the Pooh. A sing-along with the movie, which is absolutely fun. Five deleted scenes with, with a director's intro. You're also treated to a mini short, The Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. It's Pooh's Balloon, you will enjoy. And of course, the theatrical short, the Ballad of Nessie. Once again, another hallmark to owning this Blu-ray. If you also have the DVD version along with it, you will get three deleted scenes, Nessie of course, and Who's Balloon short as well. Now don't get me wrong, I was a little concerned when we were going to be treated with another Winnie the Pooh film. We've had a few. We were treated to the 1977 classic, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. 
It wasn't until the 80s that Pooh was brought back with, of course, his Saturday morning cartoon. And then we were, shall I say, inundated with Pooh everywhere. Tigger had a movie. Piglet had a movie. Nothing ever seemed to gel. Finally, Pooh seemed to be off the radar, and it was a surprise when John Lasseter announced that, that Walt Disney Animation was going to release yet another Pooh film. What I love about this film is that it's short, it's quick, it's simplistic, and it's fun. That's all that a Disney movie needs to be. With that, I have to give it a four ears, simply because of the sheer beauty of the film. Everything is so simple that there's not a lot to discuss when it comes to plot, but when it comes to the beauty of the art, and I'm sure Jamie has a lot to say about it, this one marks high. Well, it looks like the curtain's coming down and the popcorn's empty, so it can only mean it's time to say goodbye to all my company. But fear not, please come back again next week because we are knee-deep in holiday festivities. You never know what holiday treat might come out of the vault or out of the boxes for the decorations around here. So string up those lights, hang the tinsel, get a cup of refreshing eggnog or a nice hot chocolate, and get ready for another Blu-ray next time as we discuss things from the vault. And just remember, the holiday magic of Disney movies is always inside of you. I can see you're going to be rather feisty today. I am known for my inspiring rhetoric. A simple hello would do. Thank you very much. There they are. Christopher Robin! I walked across an empty land. I knew the pathway like the back of my hand. We will have a contest to find a new tale for Eeyore. <laughs> Well, the thing to do is issue a reward on time. to the... I beg your pardon? You sneezed. No, I didn't. The word is issue, not at you. You must be catching a cold. I'll probably catch it too. Oh, bother. Perhaps I could borrow some honey. Oh, just a taste, or a small lick, I should think. <laughs> Silly old bear. Attention, please. Eastern Airlines Flight 72, your Fiesta flight to Mexico and the ancient pyramids, now departing at gate 19. Attention, please. Eastern Airlines Flight 19, your holiday cruise to the emerald beauty of a Puerto Rican rainforest, now ready for departure.
Attention, please. Eastern Airlines Flight 25, your vacation flight to cool Caribbean lagoons, now ready for boarding. Fly to a plaza where the people play At a Mexican fiesta in the land of Ole If you had wings, if you had wings If you had wings, had wings, had wings, had wings, had wings You could fly to Bermuda like a flying fish have a ball on a cruise ship Or catch fish if you wish If you had wings If you had wings If you had wings Had wings, had wings, had wings, had wings, had wings. You won't buy a sombrero Made of real fine straw Or how about a nice handbag For your pretty mama you can have cheap, you can have cheap, you can have cheap, have cheap, have cheap, have cheap, have cheap. You could follow a thread wind down to old San Juan and explore an old fortress before traveling on. If you had wings, if you had wings, if you and flutter to the Isle of Springs to that emerald green garden and do wonderful things if you had wings if you had wings if you had wings had wings had wings had wings you could fly with flamingos to that old French town Go and regal New Orleans Where's a carnival crown If you had wings If you had wings If you had wings Had wings, had wings, had wings, had wings, had wings. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
You do have wings. You can do all these things. You can wind the world for you have wings. For you have wings, have wings, have wings. For you have wings, have wings, have wings, have wings, have wings. Welcome back once again, all of you D-heads. You knew you couldn't get rid of me that fast. I had to get my last word here on the show this week. And I want to extend a very special thank you once again to the gracious and the one and only Jody Sweden for stopping in. You can always catch reruns of Full House all over Nick at Night and all over television. If you haven't had a chance to pass this one down to your children, definitely check it out. I do believe it's part of that pop culture and one of those things that everybody can relate to Full House. And I want to thank Jody once again for stopping in and chatting with all of us because it has definitely been a true trip down memory lane. Thank you once again for that. I'd also like to thank the D team. Yes, Jamie, Jason, Lexi, and Tony for stopping in once again with their signature segments. Without the D team, there would be no show and you'd have to sit there and listen to me rambling on for hours upon hours. So thank you, D team, for all of your specialty segments and what you bring to the show. You truly do make Diz Radio happen. And most of all, I'd like to thank all of you, you D-heads, you tuning in every single week, interacting with us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. You make the show happen. We do the show for you, and we want to bring you a little bit of different Disney show with our new kind of Disney show, helping you just relive the magic, the memories, and just take you down that fun, nostalgic trip into the world of Disney as you're sitting there in your office, uh, working out, or you know what. We just hope that we can bring that to you and you make it happen by continuing to be our listeners. So, all of you D-heads, before I let you go and tell you who our special guest is next week, I'm going to give you all the different ways you can stay connected with us here at Disney On Demand. Now, first and foremost, you can always find us all over our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of archives, our daily blogs, our Twitter feeds, social networks. You can submit news and even call our Magical Memories Hotline, where you can leave your own voicemail, feedback, comments, and more and hear yourself here on the show. You can check all of that out at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also find us all over the social media outlets, including Facebook at Facebook.com slash DisneyBlue, and that's B-L-U. You can also like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DisneyOnDemand. You can follow us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash DisneyBlue, and that's B-L-U. You can find us on AOL Instant Messenger or Skype if you choose to chat with us throughout the day at DisneyBlue, and you can also find us on Instagram and many other social media outlets. So definitely check it out, and you can always find these links on on our official website at DizRadio.com. Now, in addition, if you want to stay connected on your mobile devices, your tablets, your iPads, and more, you can also download our absolutely 100% free Diz Radio app. All you have to do is go to the App Store, type in D-I-Z Radio, all one word, where we have links to listen to our past shows. You can follow our news feeds, our Twitter feeds, Facebook, submit news, interact with us, find out more about the D-Team, and more in our absolutely free app, Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, we have a variety of different things ready to kick off 2013 and next week, yes, next week, Monday, when we come back, we're going to take a trip back to 1988. Yes, coming up very soon is the official 25th anniversary Blu-ray edition of Roger Rabbit. So what better way to celebrate that than to bring the man, the voice, the icon, 
who brought Roger to life. Yes, we are going to have Charles Fleischer here with us on Disney On Demand. You heard me correct. Charles is going to stop in, talk about voicing Roger Rabbit, his science papers, and all the variety of different things that he's done, including stand-up comedy, Welcome Back Cotter, and a variety of different projects that he currently has in the works. Charles is going to stop in and hang out with all of you here at Disney On Demand. I'm super excited for this because Roger Rabbit is far, far overdue for a sequel. So all of you D-heads, thank you once again for tuning in to Disney On Demand. Thank you. It feels great to be back for 2013. And until next week, we hope you keep it magical, keep it fun, make those memories last, and remember, never neglect family for business. Take it easy, all of you D-heads, and I will catch you all over the web, social media outlets, and uh, talk with you next week. Yes, San Francisco, live from Disney World. That was Jesse and the Rippers. And, uh, hey, Snow, how the heck did you like that song? It was wonderful. Oh, it certainly was. I think I even saw Captain Hook shaking a little booty on that one, huh? (laughs) This next song is for dreamers everywhere. Happy anniversary, honey. about all day? Yes. Look at you the you look. Isn't that wonderful? Someone is trying to ask someone named Vicky. Oh, my. My name is Vicky. And, and my name is someone. No, I, my name is Danny. No, um, uh, Vicky, look. I love you. Will you marry me? Oh, Danny. Yes. Yes, I'll marry you. you. You said yes. Yes, you just said. You said... Girls, you just said yes. You said yes.
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.